Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what I want to do is just kind of uh, break this, this passage down, just kind of walk through a little bit, verse by verse, really quickly. It starts with Paul saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Now, here's the thing. If, if you're newer uh, to the Bible, one of the things that you need to recognize is anytime you see something repeated, that's their way of emphasizing it. They didn't have bold and italics and all caps and exclamation points and emojis like we do to get their point across. So what they would do is repeat something. So here, Paul says, rejoice. And I'm even going to say it again, rejoice. As followers of Jesus, we're to be a people marked by rejoicing. We're to be a joy-filled people. Yeah. Now, I'm going to stop and ask you this. Let's, let's be a little self-critical here for a moment. Let's, let's kind of look in the mirror. Let's say people had 10 different adjectives to describe Christians they knew. Would joy even make it on that list? If it did, like how, how close to the top would it be? Most people in the world, when they think of Christians, what are some things that they think about? What are some adjectives that they might give us, good or bad? What do you think? Critical. Critical. Hypocrites. These hurt a little bit, and that's okay. What was it? I heard somebody say something. Boring. Boring. <laughs> yeah. What else? Kind. Again, these aren't all bad. I'm not, try I'm not trying to like just whip us here. Like generous. Miss Kitty, did you say something or somebody over here? No. She said, oh, no, don't look at me. <laughs> so when you start to think of ways that we would be described, you look here and Paul says, we should be the most rejoicingest people on this earth. When I, when I think of, you, know, Abe, you said boring. When I think of Christians, sometimes I think, yeah, boring. No one should throw better parties than us. No one should be celebrating better and more often than we do as followers of Jesus. But this is not our, our natural default. There's, there's even a reason why Paul had to emphasize it, why he had to, to say it two times to get our attention, because he knows, look, this is not natural. Life is hard. Things don't go the way you want. Our natural response is not to rejoice. It's typically to pout and to woe is me and to whatever it might be, just like everyone else in this world. But he's calling us to something different. He goes, we're to be a people marked by joy and by rejoicing. And he even says, look, rejoicing leads to graciousness. Rejoice. I say again, rejoice. Let gentleness, or another passage says, graciousness be evident to all. We're to be a gracious people, a generous people, a kind people. Some of the words that you guys were saying. And this comes from a spirit of joy and rejoicing. But then he gets to the heart of the problem and he says, do not be anxious about anything. He goes, look, I want you to rejoice, but I'm gonna, well, let's acknowledge something. Your natural response is going to be anxiety. Your natural response is going to be to worry and to just spin your wheels. I'm calling you to joy and rejoicing because naturally anxiety is going to well up. And we can all admit this is something that is plaguing our culture, our country, our world and our churches, 
We're an anxious people, more anxious than ever before, according to the data. We are a people driven by worry and what ifs and scarcity. And yet Paul says, let that go. Be anxious for nothing, but instead rejoice. We have to understand this. The root of anxiety is a focus on what we don't have and what we can't control. When you start looking and you go, what is my mind just racing about? What are the things that I'm worried about? What are the things that I can't stop preparing for in my mind that I'm just constantly thinking about over and over again? It's the things that I don't have and the things that I can't control. Our natural response is to focus on those things. What that produces in us is selfishness and bitterness. When I focus on the things I don't have, I begin to hoard. Again, we've been called to graciousness, gentleness, generosity. Our natural is anxiety and selfishness and hoarding. I start to get bitter because why do they have that and I don't have that? Why does that seem to come so easy for them but not to me? And, and we begin to become bitter people. The world begins to know us for all the things that we're against instead of the things that we're for. Be anxious about, or don't, do not be anxious, excuse me, about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We kind of get prayer and petition often. Like prayer is simply just talking to God, yeah? Not a, it doesn't need to be this super difficult, mystical thing. It simply means talk to, the God about, talk to God about the things that are on your heart. And petition simply means let him know what you want. When, when we petition for something, you know, we're signing something that says, here's what we want to see happen. It says, in your prayers... Bring the things that are on your heart before God. Tell him what you want. But with thanksgiving, but in a spirit of thanksgiving, not just come and worry out loud to God. Sometimes that's what prayer can become, but that's not what prayer is meant to be. Hey, God, I'm really worried about this, and I'm really worried about that, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. All that does is just drive us deeper into anxiety. But come and lay those things before him. God, here's the things on my heart, the things I'm anxious and nervous about, the things I'm worried about. I would love to see you do this in this situation. I would love to see you move in this way. But Lord, I'm going to stop and focus on the things you've already done. I'm going to stop and I'm going to choose thanksgiving even in the midst of my anxiety. The root of anxiety is a focus on what we don't have and what we can't control. Thanksgiving is a focus on what we've already been given and to focus on the one who's already in control. When we stop him, instead of focusing on, God, I don't have this, and I need this, and I want that, and I, instead of going, God, look at what you've already given me. Look at all the blessings that I've already had. Look at the ways that you have already moved. Again, this is still something I'm, I'm anxious about, and I want you to move in that way, but I'm going to choose to focus on how you've already moved, on the goodness you've already poured out on me, on the graciousness you've already given me, on the blessings and the gifts and the family that I already have, I'm going to stop and focus on those in the midst of my anxiety and look at what he promises as a result. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. This peace that overrides any situation, it transcends understanding. It doesn't even make sense. To have peace in the midst of the thing that you're going through. To have peace when you lack that thing that you're convinced you really need. But when we come to the Lord, again, we, we present our requests to him. But in the spirit of God, you have already been so good to me. 
You have already blessed me. Let me count the ways. This peace will come over you that transcends understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. To come to the Lord with thanksgiving focuses our eyes back on him, the one that holds everything in his hands, the one who is always in control. Like, understand this. God is never up on his throne wringing his hands going, oh, I didn't think about this situation. What are we going to do? He's never caught unaware. He's never out of control. We just have to learn to practice to focus our eyes back on him. I was worried over here, but look how you came through. I didn't know how this was going to turn out, but man, you showed up. I was worried, what was I going to do without this? And, but you have always made a way. When we choose to live our lives rejoicing with thanksgiving, we will experience peace that this world cannot offer or understand. But we can't bypass it. We can't go, I'm just going to worry and prepare just like the rest of the world does. Hey, God, where's my peace? He says, when you choose rejoicing, when you choose graciousness, when you choose thanksgiving, my peace will come. And it'll be greater than anything that you can imagine. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Does this make sense, church? So what we're going to do now is just take some time. These microphones here are for you. We've been telling you for the past few weeks, uh, we've been asking you, like, would you pray? And just seek the Lord and go, Lord, what are some things that I can give you praise and thanks for over this last week, this last month, this last year? And now we just want to come together as a family and just thank the Lord. Just give him praise for the things that he has done. And so there might be some awkward silences here. I'm just going to kind of let us sit in them for a little bit because some of you are already wrestling with the Lord. He's given you something to share and you're going, oh, I don't like microphones. I don't like, I'm going to let you wrestle with it because this is a time to choose to rejoice, to choose to give thanks to the Lord. And so as he places something on your heart, make your way up to one of these microphones and share. It can be 30 seconds. It can be, you know, three minutes. It can be whatever it is. Just come and share what the Lord has done. Understood? Good?